so grateful that we are here together. I know it's hot, and I promise you, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to get through the message, and uh, I'm, I'm doing everything I can, and yet I believe God has a word that he wants to say to us this morning. And so, if we can, let's, let's draw near. You may have noticed that throughout many of the songs, there was a common theme of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in, in all of the songs that we sang, in fact, this morning, there was some element of the Holy Spirit's work and his guidance. And that's because we're going to begin a series this morning that will take us through the summer. We've been studying our way through the book of Romans, but we're putting that on pause for the summer to study the fruit of the Spirit together from Galatians chapter 5. And so I would encourage you to turn your Bible to Galatians chapter 5 this morning. We're going to read together, beginning in verse 16 of Galatians 5, and I want us to see the greater context here for the particulars. So, we've all heard the phrase of, can't see the forest for the trees, right? We, we understand what that means, that sometimes it's hard to see the big picture. Well, we're going to spend a lot of time this summer looking at the trees, the individual fruits of the Spirit, if you will, or the fruit broken down week by week, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But this morning, I want us to see first the, the forest, if you will. I want us to see the big picture of how this works together with the Holy Spirit and His direction and His work in our lives. And so Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before... That those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so as the people of God, may we, may we live by the Spirit. May we keep in step with the Spirit. Just as we're instructed here to walk by the Spirit. Those who have trusted Jesus by faith. Those who are, who are called by faith. Who have surrendered their life to Jesus. Are to walk by the Spirit. I, I think that's important on, on so many levels. First of all. We need to understand that not everyone is led by the Holy Spirit. Not everyone in uh, in this world experiences the the movement of the Holy Spirit. That is something that is unique, that is particular, that is specific to those who have surrendered their life to Jesus by faith. Who have trusted Him for the forgiveness, trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of their sin. Who have confessed Him as Lord and Savior of their life, even as we've seen in our study in Romans As recently as Romans chapter 8, a few weeks ago, we spent four weeks working our way through Romans chapter 8. The Spirit works in our lives 
because we have surrendered our lives to Jesus by faith. So if you are led by the Spirit, as he says here, but the, the if, the, the idea is it's not for everyone. It's for those who have trusted Jesus. For those who have trusted Jesus, then this instruction, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Now that word walk is an important word too. Because that word walk, that, that means some things. When we think about walking, a lot of people, you know, wear some kind of a device that tracks their steps. Maybe you've got an, an iWatch or a Fitbit or a Garmin or, or whatever else it may be, right? There's a lot of devices these days that, that track your steps. And even if you just carry your phone in your pocket at the end of the day, it's going to tell you that you, you've taken so many steps. You ever look at that? You ever pay attention to those uh, years ago, when those types of devices were new, I got a Fitbit, like the original iteration of the Fitbit. And I sometimes I would wear a watch on my left arm, so I would wear the Fitbit on my right arm. And uh, every now and then, I would be playing the guitar, and, it, and, and the Fitbit would think that I was getting a bunch of steps in. And so if I would play the guitar, then uh, the, the Fitbit would think you just, you know, you ran five miles or something like that, right? Just from playing the guitar, you could, you could fool your device. Well, when Paul instructs us here to walk by the Spirit, he's not talking about fooling anyone or being fooled by anything. What he's saying simply is this, that we would be led by the Spirit. To walk by the Spirit means that it's, there's progress that's involved. The word that we would use, the, the, the spiritual word, the theological word, we would say, we would call this sanctification. So there's justification that happens when we trust Jesus by faith. That, that means that, that our sins are forgiven and, and we, are, we are made free. We are made new in Jesus. That's justification. But then there's the process of sanctification. And that's the gradual process by which we become more and more like Jesus. Or even as we saw in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that we are conformed to the likeness of Christ. We, more and more, we grow to be more like Jesus as we walk by faith. And how does that happen? We walk in the Spirit. We are led by the Spirit. He states it so plainly here that if you walk by the flesh, and we might rightly say that the flesh is everything that's not of the Spirit, right? I mean, if we're going to create a dichotomy here, let's just painting with the broadest strokes possible. There's walking by the Spirit, that's following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, then there's walking by the flesh, and that's essentially everything else. He's given us a list of the works of the flesh, but this isn't to, meant to be an inclusive list so that you might come up with some vice or some sin that isn't on this list and say to yourself, well, it's okay because it's not on this. No, that's not the point. There's walking by the Spirit and then essentially there's everything else, which is living in our own power and our own strength, walking by the flesh. And he's saying you can't have both. You can't do both. You cannot be led by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, and satisfy, gratify the desires of the flesh. That it's one or the other. It's either or. Jesus said it plainly. No one can serve two masters. And so to walk by the Spirit means that we would deny the flesh. We would deny ourselves. We would deny our sinful desires in order that we might be led by the Spirit. We might walk as it were, by the Spirit. And I think that idea of walking is important because 
When we walk, we're on a journey. We're headed in a direction. And sometimes we stumble and fall. Sometimes when you walk, you twist an ankle. Sometimes you, you get a little bit sore. Sometimes fatigue sets in. And all of those things happen, so to speak, metaphorically in our Christian walk as well. And yet we need to keep going. Being led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit to produce spiritual fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. You know, when you go to the grocery store and you come to the produce aisle or the produce section, that word produce, that implies that everything that's there grew somehow, right? It was, there was a plant, there was a tree, there was something that produced that. It's the product of growth. And that's how I want us to think of the fruit. It's a product of the Holy Spirit working in our lives as we walk by the Spirit. There are three things that I want us to see in this passage today that, that will come about in our lives as we, as we seek to walk by the Spirit. And all three of these will be instructive throughout the whole of the summer. Because for the rest of the summer, we're going to spend our time looking individually. Next week at love. And then, and, and, and then joy. And then peace and patience and kindness and on and on and on. And as we look at the, the individual fruits that we see in this list, as we look at the individual characteristics of the Spirit's work in our lives, these principles that I want to share this morning will be instructive, will be informative for, for all of this in a holistic way. And when you walk by the Spirit, first of all, I want, I want you to see this, that you pursue holiness over happiness. In order to walk by the Spirit, we have to deny our flesh. We have to deny our desires. And when we deny our flesh and we deny our desires, we put holiness first. We pursue holiness over happiness. All you have to do is think about your own experience All you have to do is think about your own life and your own journey and the things that you've lived through to know that there are a lot of things that you want and a lot of things that you chase and a lot of things that you that you seek only to get it and be disappointed only to get it and achieve it and and realize it's fool's gold. It's empty. It doesn't satisfy. And the problem that so many people face is that we live in a world, in a culture that would just tell us, pursue happiness. Pursue happiness. Do what makes you happy. Do what feels right. Do what feels good. But the problem is, the thing that may make you happy in the moment may be the very thing that steals your joy. That robs life and peace and, 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 and all of these. Don't pursue happiness. Pursue holiness. Don't make the mistake of chasing after the temporary passing fruit of happiness when what God offers you is the satisfying, eternal, unquenchable fruit of the Holy Spirit. When we walk by the Spirit, we will pursue holiness over happiness. You know, there are a lot of times in life that you might be unhappy and yet satisfied. There was a day this week that I, I didn't want to get up and exercise. I really didn't want to. And I even told Rayleigh as I was getting ready, I was going to go for a run. And, and as I was getting ready, I was like, this is one of those days that I really don't want to go. And I'm a guy who really enjoys running. I do it regularly. And, and it's something that on the whole, I really enjoy. But this particular day, I just couldn't get motivated. 
But I knew, and I tell myself on days like this, that I'm never, I never regret it after the fact. There are a lot of days that I don't want to go out the door, but I never look back afterward and think, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And true to form, on this particular day, when I got done, I thought to myself, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I needed that today. You know, that's maybe in, in some ways a... That may seem like an insignificant, inconsequential example, but you can probably point to a number of things in your life. And you can find evidence of things that may not make you happy in the moment, but that are good for you. Things that you might need to eat more of, right? Things that you might need to do more of. Things that you might need to do less of. That There are a lot of examples of ways that we pursue what is best over what is immediate. And that's what we must do in order to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Spirit. We seek what is best over what is most immediate. Secondly, when you walk by the Spirit, you produce the fruit of the Spirit. You will produce the fruit of the Spirit. And again, we're going to spend the summer digging into this. I'm not going to give it all away now and for the sake of time and because of the heat. I just, I think it's so important that we, that we highlight that word produce, produce. It's a product and it's not something that you produce naturally on your own, but rather it's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, yielding that fruit, producing that fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things don't come naturally to any of us. And yet, by the power of the Holy Spirit alive in us through faith in Jesus, we can produce spiritual fruit. Christian author and pastor, theologian, John R.W. Stott, in a book entitled Baptism and Fullness, he said this, given the right conditions... All fruit grows naturally. But the right conditions, you see, that's the key. What we want is just natural. We want the fruit to just come naturally. The fruit of this, we want just love and joy and peace. We want those things to just happen naturally. And yet, it, it won't happen unless we cultivate the right conditions. And what I mean specifically is we have to focus on our heart. We have to cultivate a heart that is yielded to God, a heart that is surrendered, a heart that is living in obedience to the work of the Holy Spirit. The key for us is not to try to develop the fruit. I don't need to just work for more love, more patience, more kindness. I need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit will produce more of those things. I need to walk in obedience. I need to identify areas of sin in my life and, and, and seek to, to, to surrender those things to Christ and, and, and seek to, uh, to eliminate the, the desires that self. How do you eliminate the desire? Well, by delighting yourself in something greater. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. I seek the things of God. I seek first. I spend time in his word. I spend time in prayer. I identify and pray about and surrender those areas of sin in my life. And as I cultivate the soil of my heart, if you will, then the spirit will grow his fruit in my life. So when you walk by the spirit, you will produce the fruit of the spirit. Third, when you walk by the spirit, you obey the spirit's commands. Again, the New Testament has much to say about obeying 
commands, obeying the commands of Christ, obeying his instruction. But Jesus himself perhaps says it most plainly in John chapter 15. He says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. To obey his commandments means that we, we listen to and obey and, and, and walk in step with the Spirit rather than seeking our own desires. You know, it's interesting that you, you really can't understand the role of the Holy Spirit and what the New Testament teaches about the Holy Spirit without talking about obedience. And all of the passages in the, in the Old Testament, I mean, excuse me, in the New Testament that instruct us on how we're to live in light of the Spirit, Romans chapter 8, for example, Galatians 5, whoops, there goes my microphone. These are in, in key instructive passages, but any of these passages that we would look at come down to some element of obedience, come down to some element of some element of denying sin of identifying and living in repentance so that we might experience the spirit's work in our lives and that's exactly what that's exactly what this passage would tell us deny the flesh deny the desires of the flesh in order that through obedience we might produce the fruit of the spirit Here's the thing I want you to hear. Because what, maybe what you're hearing is, oh, I've got to try harder. Oh, I've got to do more. And I, I'm, that's actually the opposite of what I'm saying. It's not that you've got to try harder. It's not that you've got to do more. It's that you've got to surrender. You've got to give up. You've got to be yielded to the Holy Spirit in order that He can produce His fruit in you. Look at a passage like John chapter 14. Look at a passage like Romans chapter 8. Look at First uh, John chapter 3 next Sunday morning. Uh, if, if you're a part of our Sunday school, you, you're going to look at First John chapter 4 and First John chapter 3 and First John chapter 4 also point us to this truth. That we walk by the Spirit as we obey His commandments. And so let us be a people who would walk by the Spirit in order that we might pursue holiness over happiness, in order that we might produce the fruit of the Spirit, in order that we might obey the commandments given to us by the Holy Spirit. And as we do, God will produce His Holy Spirit in our lives. This morning, I want us to prepare for a a, a time of response, a moment of invitation where we would respond to this truth. And as we think on this, there's really two key points of application or two key points of of response really is what I mean to say that I want us to consider this morning. The first is this simply. I set it up front, but I want to come back to it again. Not everyone is walking by the Spirit. In order to walk by the Spirit, we must trust Jesus by faith so that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, so that we are sealed with the promise of the Spirit. We are indwelled by the presence of His Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus by faith, you've never trusted him for the forgiveness of your sin, turn from that sin and confessed him as Lord and Savior, then my prayer is that this morning, even as we sing this song together in a moment, you might surrender your life to Jesus. You might make him truly the Lord, the Savior of your life by turning from your sin and turning to him in faith. But the second second response that I want to direct us to this morning is this, that we would that we would actively pursue holiness, that we would actively seek to obey 
the Holy Spirit's instruction, His commands given to us clearly in the Word of God, but also revealed just through the work of the Spirit in our hearts that we would actively walk in humble obedience in order that the Spirit might produce His fruit in us. And so if there's something in your life today, this, this morning even, that God is speaking to you, and perhaps it's a sin that you need to confess, perhaps it's an area of your life that you need to surrender, perhaps it's just the general idea that you have enough and you are enough and you're trying on your own, and, and the Lord is saying to you this morning, don't try harder, surrender more. Then this morning, would you be willing to respond in humble obedience to His leadership that you might walk by the Spirit. And so I'm going to pray, and after I pray, we're going to sing a song together briefly. And as we sing that song, if God is moving in your heart, then I invite you to come. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus today, I'm here at the front. I would love to walk you through a simple prayer of surrender. If, if you want to come and use the steps to this stage as an altar where you would meet this morning and, and surrender to Him, then I would encourage you to do that as we sing. Would you bow your head, close your eyes with me as we go before the Lord in prayer this morning, asking Him to move in our lives as we walk by the Spirit. Lord, may You move in us. Holy Spirit, may You quicken our hearts to respond in faithful obedience to You. May You draw us to the point of decision, the point of surrender, the point of obedience even this morning as we yield all that we have to you in order that we might walk by the Spirit. And God, may you use this. It's been a, a, a beautiful and all together at the same time uncomfortable this morning, this morning. And yet, Lord, don't let that, don't let our desire to get into some fresh air keep us from you even this moment. Spirit, move in our midst. Move among us, we pray. In your name, amen.